melatonin. You think about it for sleep, but on this episode, you're going to learn that it is the key for a good immunity, gut health, brain health, and goes beyond. However, you have to use high dose melatonin. We're going to tell you how, how to dose it, the products. Yes, some are oral and some are suppository. But on this show, Dr. John Lawrence, he's been on other shows, one of my good friends. Uh, we also talk about some surprising cellular biohacks into the mitochondria. Have you heard of methylene blue? Oh man, what a biohack. I love this product. Wait till you hear more. Check out the episode. Hey, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Cytodetox. Look, podcasts cost money. There's a lot of production uh, going around this, but uh, we are grateful to have Cytodetox as one of the sponsors. It's so easy for me to talk about the product because myself and my family use it constantly as we practice what I preach. For over 15 years, I've talked about and taught doctors and the public about cellular detox. And I'll tell you, Cyto was a breakthrough. Cyto was a breakthrough for us. Um, and it's changed so many lives. So we're grateful that they sponsor Cellular Healing TV. It makes sense, doesn't it? They should. If you're listening to this podcast and want to access the amazing Cyto Detox product Dr. Pompa just mentioned, please visit detoxoffer.com. Again, that's detoxoffer.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cellular Healing TV. I'm Ashley Smith, and today we welcome back Dr. John Lawrence. Dr. John is a naturopathic physician, chiropractic neurologist, and author who has been in private practice in Florida for 27 years. Dr. John wrote the book, Melatonin Miracle Molecule, which some experts consider one of the most comprehensive books on the benefits to supplementing with melatonin. And it's not just about sleep. I can't wait to hear more. So let's get started and welcome Dr. John Lawrence and Dr. Pampa. Welcome both of you. Thanks, Ashley. Well, John, let me start here by telling everybody, and I, I've said this on past shows, you've been on Cell TV before, uh, and watch those episodes. We've done shows on hearing, hearing, uh, adjusting the cranium. I mean, we've done all kinds of great shows. Uh, but, you know, he's one of my docs, right? I go to Sarasota, Florida, my wife and I, and we always get treated by Dr. John. So thank you for that. And my family, uh, you've helped Daniel, you, you know, you've helped many in my family. So you're a blessing to us. So thank you for that. Um, oh, my and, yeah, absolutely. We love you. And, um, and we, we become friends. Uh, you come out, you were just out here in Park City and uh, spent some quality time with you as well. So uh, it's, it's gone beyond uh, just business for you and I, but this topic is one that we both resonate with. Uh, melatonin, if you bring up the topic melatonin, everyone's gonna be like, oh, um, I, that doesn't work for me for sleep. Okay, sleep's one thing, we'll, we'll touch upon that. However, this is gut health. This is immune health, cell health. I mean, there is so much here. And we're not just talking about nine milligrams of melatonin. We're talking about 200 milligrams. What? Mm -hmm. 200 milligrams of melatonin? Can you do that much? All right. Well, if you, arguably, if you don't do that much, you might not see the benefits we're talking about. So obviously, you want to stay tuned here for what we're mm -hmm. going to be talking about. And I know John and I, we're going to rabbit tail into... Um, some of our favorite topics on the mitochondria and some of the biohacks that we experiment. Um, one is called methylene blue. You'll have to stay tuned for that because uh, John, I, I just had a great experience. We'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be interviewing the doctor that I, I went to um, because of my experience and it was because of you. All right, let's, oh, nice. let's start off. John, melatonin, come on, man. It's just for sleep, right? And right. You know, but tell us about it. Well, that's what I thought at one point. And, you know, I was first introduced to the concept of super physiological dosing of melatonin from um, a colleague of mine, Dr. Frank Schallenberger, who you as well know. And um, I, I, I went to his clinic and actually followed him around for a few days. And I watched him put patient after patient after patient on massive doses of melatonin. I mean, 200 milligrams. And he was dosing people at night. He was dosing people during the day, which I was like, you know, you know, Dr. Schallenberger, like how do people tolerate that during the day? And 
surprisingly, when you have light in your eyes, it doesn't activate melatonin in the brain in the same way. So most people can actually dose it. And, you know, and then the second question, I think a lot of people listening to this, well, why would you want to dose that much? And then why would you want to dose it during the day? Right. Um, And that's why you want to really pay attention to this episode, because what you're going to find is that melatonin is literally one of the most miraculous molecules that I've ever uh, witnessed. And the more you learn about it, um, the more that you can discover that, um, you know, our a quality vital life, a life that is, is, is um, free of inflammation and full of cellular energy um, relies heavily on my, on, on uh, melatonin. And I, I want to get into kind of the inner workings of that. And some of the things that, that I hear people say, um, oftentimes when we start talking about melatonin in general is, you know, does it set, does it, does it stop your own production of melatonin? In other words, if I take it, am I going to stop producing my own melatonin? And most hormones have this negative feedback loop, but, but melatonin for whatever reason, you know, God put us together in a certain way and it, it does not, um, shut down your endogenous production. And you can take as much as, you know, you know, they did studies where it would be like 150,000 milligrams for an adult, you know, our size. And they stopped the study because all they saw was the animals were just getting a little bit tired. So they basically concluded that there's literally no toxicity at all to melatonin. And by the way, I can attest to, I can do super high doses, 500 milligrams at night uh maybe for two nights next night stop take nothing and sleep completely normal meaning Mm -hmm. that if it were true that your body would stop producing its own then definitely when you stop taking high dose melatonin you would have a lag where you couldn't fall asleep but it simply doesn't happen yeah yeah i haven't seen that that kind of fall off with myself or a lot of the patients that i've dosed uh, melatonin like if they run out of it. It's not like they have this terrible night the night after. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's interesting how that situation uh, exists. And I know that there's a lot of misinformation out there on melatonin. And there's so many people that are afraid of it. Um, there's a lot of healthcare practitioners that are advising against it. Um, there's, um, there's a thought there's, it's an old antiquated thought that uh, less is more with melatonin that, that tiny, almost like half a milligram or one milligram is really adequate. And so, um, perhaps we need to look at the reasoning of taking melatonin. Now, some people might look at melatonin for sleep, right? And so lower doses of melatonin may or may not work for a lot of people for sleep. Sometimes, um, taking higher amounts of melatonin works better for sleep for some people and other people, taking a small amount of melatonin works fabulous for them for sleep. But what if we look at um, just the ability for our bodies to be more resilient to stress? You know, I know you talk a lot about hormesis, you know, and hormesis is your ability to actually have a higher ceiling to stress so that we have more of a window where we can push our, our, our signaling factors, which is our adaptive uh, response in our body for our bodies to actually get stronger and be able to handle that stress at a higher level the next time we're exposed to it, right? That's why we were designed right. that way. And so literally melatonin is one of the primary players with this whole story. Mm. So when whenever we have stress, there's one common thread is that there's cytokines related to that stress. There's a certain set of inflammatory molecules that your body chooses uh, to respond to, like for instance, a sunburn, right? That's stress to your skin. There's going to be a certain inflammatory response that's going to be a signature for that type of stress versus exercise versus if you were to, um, you know, be exposed to mold, you know? And so what happens is at a cellular level, those stresses, oh boy, We've got a guest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He had to come see me. Where's Lonnie? Come yeah, here, Lonnie. This is my son's little dog. Uh, some viewers probably haven't seen it. This one's called Yankee. 
He's oh, a, I know. Yankee's so cute. They don't like, like a teddy bear. I know he is. He's like a little teddy bear. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, yeah, so, so melatonin is really at the core because when, you know, all diseases really have an inflammatory core to it, right? And so it's that inflammation that we need to buffer. And if we can buffer that inflammation and maintain energy production and quench that oxidation at the same time, then we can get through just about every stress that we're exposed to. So let me let me just you know pull that into present day time of uh, yeah. stress that some people may not be thinking about as a stress, right? Is COVID, right? So we have a virus that viruses are great stresses, uh, and if your stress bucket, as I call it, is already very full, that stress could send you over the edge, and you could end up with what we call long haulers, right? Mm-hmm. Where you just simply haven't felt well since COVID. So what you're saying melatonin and by the way you mentioned cytokines and to our viewers and listeners cytokines activate your immune system it's an adaptation that can be very normal but if cytokine production continues that's a bad thing and and people watching this have heard oh this virus can stimulate this cytokine storm and these are people that get very sick well so you're saying that melatonin can help buffer that help your body adapt to the stress, any stress, right? And viral in in this uh, topic. And by the way, I know, and I want you to share that high dose melatonin seems to be an answer for this virus, for people who are either, you know, going into long haulers or just simply to get well. So Mm -hmm. it's something that obviously helps the immune system, but the adaptation of the stress of the virus. Well, so let me break that down. So when when you have an exposure to any infection, the, there is a lot of inflammation that occurs and that inflammation, when it affects the cell through these cytokines, shunts our way of making energy from one type of energy to, a, to one that's like 10% effective. Right. So if you can imagine that you were at war and you had, um, you had all these troops, right? You had a certain so you had 100, 100 troops, right? And you're going to fight this battle. And all of a sudden, you have 10 troops. You think you're going to win that battle or you're going to lose that battle, right? You're more likely to, to lose it. So if this is your immune system that's actually battling a virus, right. then all of a sudden, we're, we're losing this battle. And that's where the cytokine storm plays uh, a role. And that's what happens. And you know, a lot of people do die of... Uh, pneumonia from the fever and from, uh, you know, from the flu. I mean, that's like one of the main ways that we, you know, we as a human race die in an old age. And you have to ask yourself, you know, why are children not getting sick and dying? Um, And you look at the the graph on melatonin, you can see how that graph really reflects um, deaths from various viruses and including COVID. Right. And so, you know, my personal opinion is I think that our, our, our melatonin levels play a big role in our ability to survive many types of stress, including infection stress. Yeah. yeah. So makes the argument for, you know, obviously high dose, whether you're sick already or you're preventing high dose melatonin would be absolutely beneficial. Um, okay, so th- we're, we're kind of already scraping into immunity, right? Mm-hmm. Another thing that plays into immunity that we have used high-dose melatonin, and by the way, um, we have to talk about delivery because we have two deliveries for this. We have oral dosing through liposome technology for, you know, helps the absorption, and then we have suppository. Now, I know that the suppository has a tremendous impact on the gut, you know, where it causes something called swarming, where it mm-hmm. increases your microbiome. So talk a little bit about that, because that plays into immunity. If we're talking about gut health, which is what we're talking about here, um, it's going to play into immunity as well. You know, that, that's funny, because literally right after I said my last little sentence, I was thinking I wanted to transition into gut, and then here we are. Oh. <laughs> Great minds think alike. Um, you know, I love I love the fact that we're transitioning to gut because it's such an important part of an immune, a strong immune system, and in fact, just a strong person in general. And yeah. the microbiome is a big part of that. And um, you know, when when we start we started this conversation, we talked about 
why would you want to take large amounts? And then how is melatonin something important beyond sleep? And I think we've already kind of addressed, you know, that really important aspect of cellular energy under stress. Um, with regards to the gut, there's 400 times more melatonin that's produced in the gut than in the brain. And so when you think about it in that context, you start to think, okay, well, so if I take melatonin, there's reasons for me to take this based on the research. You know, if you go to melatonin, uh, melatoninbook.com, we're going to be doing a free book giveaway. Um, but, you know, if you read my book, Melatonin Miracle Molecule, and you start going through chapter by chapter, you're going to start seeing. And by the, the way, we're going to put a link in here to mm -hmm. get a um, online version. What do you call it? Mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, the actual book's not edited yet, but right now you can get an online version. So we'll put a link in, uh, in here. So Ashley's on that. Go, go ahead. Yeah. So, so each chapter, so we have chapters on gut, neurology, skin. Um, we have chapters on, um, you know, obviously sleep. There's chapters on psychological, there's liver, there's diabetes, there's cancer, you know, literally almost every disease you can think of, there's been research on melatonin and not just in small doses, you know, oftentimes these research are going into higher dose. And every, every time, you know, on, at the end of each chapter, you're just going to see reference after reference after reference. So it's not just, you know, Dan and John talking, saying, hey, take melatonin. This is like one of the most researched molecules, I think, on the planet. Mm -hmm. So if you were looking to get some of those benefits beyond sleep and the gut produces 400 times more melatonin than the brain, then it just makes sense that we would want to start looking at higher doses because we're wanting to affect more than just the circadian rhythm. We're looking to actually affect the body at a cellular level. And so when you're, when you look at the microbiome to answer your question, you'd asked me about how it affects the microbiome. These, these, these bacteria are literally on a, um, on a circadian rhythm, just like we are. And so, you know, we're awake, we're active during the day. You know, this is a whole set, different set of hormones, a lot of different signaling factors versus when we're sleeping, our body is more in a repair phase. We're more in a parasympathetic uh, situation where during the day we're more in a sympathetic, uh, situation. So our, <clears throat> our sleep is where the microbiome does the same thing where it actually rebuilds itself. And there's a name for that. It's called microbiome swarming and melatonin is the primary activator of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we've seen that I, I've had a lot of severe gut cases, um, where things orally are not as effective for them. They start doing high dose melatonin suppositories. And I get a an email or, you know, some message back. Wow. Uh, you know, for some reason, it's, this has seemed to help my gut because mm -hmm. I probably, you know, was giving it to them and they were hoping it was going to help their sleep, which maybe it did. But the surprise was, oh my gosh, it's really helped my gut for the very reason, you know, that you spoke about, you know, mm -hmm. and, and again, I mean, obviously that plays into immunity. It plays into a lot of other aspects when you improve the gut. Um, and I would, I would argue, um, it's playing into just brain health in general. Um, I'm sure you discussed that in your book. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, what's the, is there a relationship with other neurotransmitters like serotonin, dopamine, feel good type of neurotransmitters? Well, so whenever you have, um, stress responses in the body, there's going to be a lot of shifts in chemistry. And so especially inflammation when it, so inflammation when it's high in the body is going to be um, an activator of the sympathetic nervous system and when we have a sympathetic activation it shuts our gut down and it shuts the um, blood supply to our brain down actually you know we start to um, shunt blood to areas where we could run away from an animal or you know we could survive or run you know run or hide and so what I'm seeing is that, you know, the vast majority of my, my, the population of the patients I see, they're all stuck in this fight or flight or sympathetic state. And so one of the things that we can look at to measure that is um, heart rate variability. 
you know, this used to be something a lot of athletes would, would use, but, you know, now a lot of people doing biohacking or health experts and a lot of doctors are looking at it. And so heart rate variability is, is the way I look at it is it's, you have the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system that's acting on the, the heart, right? And so what you want is you want the sympathetic to come in a little bit and you want the parasympathetic to come in a little bit. And so when e either one of this is in control of the heart, then the heart's going to either go up or down, right? And so that variation is actually really healthy. So you want a high heart rate variability where there's more variation, which means that there's more of an equal innervation from the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. What happens as we get older, and again, I'm going to go back to this graph on melatonin. When you look at melatonin and age, you can actually imprint a graph on heart rate variability, and it, met, it goes and follows that same pathway. And one of the things I'm seeing with my patient base um, is that they're blown away at how amazing that doing uh, melatonin is, high-dose melatonin to their heart rate variability you know, and their sleep scores actually improve quite a bit. Yeah. So many of us have this aura ring, which I, I love. And, and one of the reflections on the recovery measures your sleep and recovery. It, they utilize heart rate variability to do that. And again, melatonin has uh, an impact on that. Uh, mm -hmm. you, can, you can see it, right? Which is uh, pretty cool. Let's talk about, I mean, I, I do want to talk about how to dose it, but before I get there, or how to use it, right? Because I mentioned oral, I mentioned suppository. Um, you know, how many days a week do I do high dose, you know, et cetera, we'll get into that. But I mean, so who, who are you telling to do this? Like, who are you saying, oh, you have to do this? I mean, you know, certain conditions, symptoms across the board, what? Well, you know, my practice um, consists of a lot of patients with mold and, and you know, biotoxin illness and Lyme. But I also see a lot of patients with various degenerative neurologic diseases like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and, and, and things like that. And then um, we also see a lot of patients that are, you know, older because I'm in Sarasota and we have a much older population. And so, you know, the, the patient base that I'm uh, working with uh, are great candidates for, for high dose melatonin. So, um, you know, really, I think... <clears throat> in today's day. So it's, so it's like, I get this question a lot of times and it's like, okay, so like who should take it? Right. But it's like, you know, I, let's put it in the drinking water. I mean, everybody should take it, but then that kind of takes some credibility away from, I think when you start talking about yeah. it, because people that don't fully understand it, 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 it sounds a little bit crazy, but um, when you're talking about the environment that we're living in right now, we have not adapted to be able to, um, to really thrive, you know, with, with all of the stressors, the EMF, you know, a lot of people don't realize like EMF, one of the negative things that it does is it actually goes and it, it affects your pineal to trick you to think that you're, it's actually sun, you know, so it can have a dramatic decline in melatonin. So um, light pollution, you know, at, at night, you know, um, if you're, if you've got the regular lights on at your house, if you're watching TV, if you're looking at your cell phone or your iPad, you're getting all this like really negative light pollution. That's actually activating your brain, which is going to suppress, you know, when you're, when you finally do go to sleep and, and you're looking to release melatonin. So we have so many stressors that we weren't, um, that, that we're not adapted to be able to handle that. I think that there's more of a need for something like melatonin than there might've been say 50, 60, 70 years ago. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I couldn't agree more. You know, for me, um, for what you just said, you know, just to, to mitigate those types of stressors, a few times a week, I, I do a high dose suppository. Okay, every once in a while, I will dose it orally high dose and suppository, especially if I feel like I need to like really get like just that mm. deep recovery type of sleep you know, and just let, take a load of stress off, whether it's travel stress, emotional stress, physical stress, that's kind of when I do those uh, doses. That's me, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I can tell you, I have a lot of clients who, 
um, when we're detoxing, they like to do it on cycle because the detox is an extra stress, right? And, and mm-hmm. it, it helps them on their uh, their detox cycles. So yeah. um, let's well, talk tra- about traveling pa- across time zones is an amazing time to use yes. these high doses. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I do it because I travel so much, right? And uh, people don't realize this, but when you're flying in airplanes, you get a lot of radiation stress. So mm-hmm. um, there's an argument. Okay, so let's talk about how to do it, right? So we talked about taking it at the daytime. When would I do that? Why would I do that? We, we obviously can take it at night. Oral, suppository, you have different products. So let's give the products their names and when you would say and how to take them. Yeah, so um, we make a product by the way, Samia. We, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going um, to have them on. So if you go to Revelation Health where you typically buy your products, and put in the code REV, you'll get um, a, a discount on the products and you'll be able to get the products. But go ahead, John. Yeah, um, so Sandman, it, it, we have it in four different versions. We have a Sandman and a Super Sandman. And both of those come in both a liposomal, which is oral, and also a suppository. And so for people um, learning about suppositories for the first time, let's let's kind of dive into that a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, so, let's dive into that. Be careful of that. You know, it's funny. I, I have to say a funny story, okay? And um, I'm debating on using. Oh it. no, 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 Dan, don't don't no, go I'm there. But anyway, <laughs> um, no, because she's she's going to be watching this, and uh, she's going to be cracking up. She's going to know who I'm talking about. Let's anyway, just so. say that there can be some risk associated with doing it, especially if you're out driving around, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't that. However, that could oh. be. But it was kind <laughs> of along one. that line. But okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be nice. She just has in it, this thing about, you know, putting something, um, you know, that way up into her body, right? Okay, so, and because of that, uh, you know, it just doesn't work out for her. She keeps, you know, saying it was leaking out. I just, I kept saying, well, you're not getting it up high enough. So tip, push it up higher, folks, okay? And then you won't get the poops. Like, I gotta go, right? Because that is an issue with suppository, John. People yeah. go, that's my wife. I gotta lay down. Oh my God, I gotta go. Uh, I always say, you're not pushing it up high enough. Um, yeah. You know, in her case, I don't even think she was getting it in completely because she was adverse to the whole idea of anything, you know, going in the rectum. But, wow. um, so let's give some tips here because- Yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. So. Uh, you know, I, I, I really see it as kind of a, it's, it's really no big deal. You know, the, the suppositories are shaped kind of like a bullet. So as soon as it kind of starts going, um, it just kind of like moves up there on its own, you know, and um, the, it, it, because it's made with an organic palm oil, it, it's already slippery and it's solid at room temperature, but we like people to store it in the refrigerator. So, you know, um, and, you know, it, it's, um the benefit of it, you know, most people that wind up uh, using our suppositories, um, they're, they're either sick and they're really just looking to do whatever it takes to get better. And, and I found in my earlier experience um, when I was really ill, that suppositories were the game changer for me. Yeah. You know, I just couldn't get in and get IVs enough. And so for me, being able to do it on my own really made a lot of sense. And the expense is a lot less. So when you talk about um, a suppository and the benefit that it would have to someone that's looking to have a change from a certain nutrient, you want to talk about peak plasma. So peak plasma is the amount, uh, it's the time that that nutrient is um, as at a high level in your bloodstream, which means that the cells can actually pull it inside. So when that peak plasma starts to go down, the cells are no longer it's no longer available to get intracellular. So if you were to take a pill, most oral products, you've got peak plasma, you know, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. So it's not a lot of time for your cells to absorb. Where a suppository, it's kind of a slow bleed into the bloodstream over five to even seven hours. So um, it's, and it's even better than that because you're skipping your stomach acid you're, you're, you're skipping first pass through the liver and you literally uh, destroy the literally the vast majority of the things that you eat through that process alone. So with those two things in mind, um, you know, the suppositories can, can make a lot of sense. 
So that's that's my suppository spiel. Yeah, no, and, and I find people with just a, a lot of gut issues, uh, bypassing the gut, um, a, a stressed microbiome, it, it can be a huge benefit doing a suppository. So, okay, great. You know, you put melatonin in at night, you're gonna have this slower release, peak plasma, you, um, more melatonin release at night. Because if you take it orally before bed, it, people say this, it helps get me to sleep, but then I wake up, can't get back to sleep. One of the things we find with suppository, especially high dose, is that it is releasing uh, more through the night and it tends to keep people asleep better. Okay, so that's just a sleep talk, but mm -hmm. also you're getting all of those other benefits that we mentioned for a longer time. But you do have an oral product as well. Talk mm -hmm. about that. Well, so the oral product is going to have a faster onset, you know, so what's nice about that is you take it and within 20, 30 minutes, you know, you're, you're feeling like you're ready to go to bed. The suppository the way, I mentioned, I like to sometimes do both because exactly. I like that boom, immediate knock me out. And I like mm -hmm. what carries through the night. Yeah. I, and it's funny. That's, that's kind of what I've been gravitating towards as well is, is combining the two together. Um, and, and I've been having, you know, a lot of my patients do the same thing and getting some good feedback on that. Um, so the, um, you know, the, the, so kind of back to it. So we have the super salmon and we have the, the regular salmon, right. And they both come in suppository or liposomal. And what's super remind us of the milli, uh, the milligram uh, doses. Difference. Yeah, that's yeah. I was about to do. Um, so the, 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 the regular Sandman has 200 milligrams of melatonin and 250 grams of glutathione. So for those that are looking to kind of have both dosing that, and the reason that glutathione's in there, not only because it's one of the, another one of the master antioxidants, but it's also one of the sleep promoting substances. So it, it, there's actually some good research on how it improves sleep. Um, great for uh, reducing inflammation and different things like that. Um, the super Sandman doesn't have any glutathione in it at all. However, it has twice as much melatonin. So it yeah. literally has 425 milligrams of melatonin. Yeah. Okay, great. So the oral dosing um, doesn't taste great, I'll be honest, but I don't care because I, I love the effect. Um, talk about um, how I, I already said, you know, I do it hit and miss. Um, you know, obviously I don't have a sleep problem, you know, but it does make me sleep more deep and, you know, have better recovery. But with the average person, when should they do this? How often? And what's some of your recommendations? Yeah. So if I had a patient that came to me that might have like a, an illness, you know, or an issue that they're looking to overcome, you know, I might look at having them do, you know, a two or three month uh, program where they're taking it every night, you know, um, I have a, a fasting uh, protocol. You and I have actually you know, done a lot of work on, on, on the design of it. And, um, yeah, I love it. And, and so, you know, if we have somebody that we're fasting, then I like dosing melatonin in the refeeding because you're going to get a breakdown in the microbiome during the fast. And then you've got this strong activation to the microbiome to swarm when you start eating and feeding right. again. So that's a good opportunity to take high dose melatonin. And then of course, if you're going to travel, but, but, you know, I think a lot of people that, you know, may not want to take the full dive and take it every night, um, you know, there's a lot of benefit to taking, to doing something like that two, three nights a week. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I tend to do for sure. What about people, and this is kind of just a general melatonin conversation, right? This was part of the conversation I had last night, you know, that when, before we got into the suppository part of the conversation. I can't do melatonin. I just get overstimulated. It keeps me awake. What do you recommend there or why is that? Well, there's a couple of things to consider. Um, there is some research and data suggesting that melatonin may uh, be a strong detoxifier. Um, it may cause a lot of heavy metals uh, and chemicals to be released from the brain. So sometimes when people first start taking melatonin, there might be some temporary side effects that could include um, them being extremely groggy the next day. Mm -hmm. um, it could be that there's a what's called a paradoxical effect, which means an opposite effect where they actually get a little bit energized. You know, imagine if you had um, 
you know, your house, right? And you're tired and you're just overworked and you come home and the last thing you want to do is clean your house. And you can imagine if you just didn't have the energy uh, and motivation, your house would get pretty dirty. So the cells actually have the same type of situation where they're just fatigued. And so if we have an energy that's driven by mitochondria and we have that mitochondria dip down to 10% of what it would normally make, and then all of a sudden it goes back to 100%, it's going to start doing some house cleaning. And so I always encourage people to really push through two, three, four days or so before they really judge the melatonin. Uh, you know, let me tell you how I worked with that. It seems to work. I, you probably figured this out, but I tell them dose it in the day if it's giving you energy. And then it seems like when they start dosing it in the day, then all of a sudden they're able to take it at night without the mm -hmm. stimulatory effect. So Mm -hmm. um, I always say, yeah, give it a week, dose it during the day and then try it at night and see if it works. If it doesn't, then keep dosing it during the day. And uh, I feel like eventually your body starts to accept it at night and actually make you sleepy. That's been my experience. Now I have to say, there's a little warning here because when I first did high dose melatonin, I woke up groggy um, the next day. And, and mm -hmm. so I can, I can say, that only happened one or two nights. And then I just pushed through it. Mm -hmm. uh, how common is that? And does it, is it that way for everybody? Well, there's some people have um, poor, um, you know, clearance pathways, you know, particularly through the liver. And so if the best thing, so anybody listening to this, you know, ask themselves, are you sensitive to caffeine? And if you take a small amount of caffeine, you find that you know, you, you, you know, you're wired for a long, long period of time versus what is normal, then you're probably gonna have the same experience with melatonin, which means that when you take it, it's gonna last longer in your system before it's broken down. So what we do with cases like that is similar to what you've discovered with the, uh, the paradoxical effects is we'll have them dose it early. You know, we might even have them dose it before dinner because then by the time they wake up, they've had enough time to clear it. Right, yeah, if I was smarter, I would have done that. But I did kick out of it. I, I like I said, I, I, don't, I, I can't remember. It only happened one, maybe two nights. But then I, I don't know what happened, but my, my body uh, got used to it. Maybe I just needed deep sleep. I, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I don't know. But, um, you know, Man, I think- what, what, type, what, what time are you dosing these people that have the paradoxical effect? Are you dosing them at lunch or? Uh, you mean when I tell them to take it during the day? Yeah. Yeah. Normally, I just tell them to take it after their morning evacuation because that way they're not. Again, it helps with the uh, the poop feeling. You know, what I mean, if if they go and put it up, chances are they keep it in because I found that that was the complaint during the day. Is yeah. oh yeah, during the day it's like I I I end up losing it in the toilet because so I you know if you go to the bathroom first thing in the morning, put it in after that. Nice. That's, yeah. that's great. And if someone says, yeah, I don't go to lunch, then my advice would be, okay, we'll put it in after you go after lunch, right? right. So when do you go to the bathroom during the day? Following that is when you're going to hold it the best. Yeah. And then there's always the liposomal version as well. Um, yeah. Okay. So, you know, we, we didn't talk about that. Um, we, well, we kind of did. We, we said, mm -hmm. you know, that's, if you want that more immediate effect on the liposomal version, um, well, I imagine there's probably a lot of clinicians as well that are listening to this or health coaches, you know, and, and this is a subject that I think it has a lot of, you know, a merit. So, you know, if, if you're, if you're dealing with people and you're trying to get them on melatonin and you, and you bump up against some of these challenges where they're either groggy um, or they're, they're, they're really energized, I think it's a wonderful idea to start dosing them during the day. You yeah. know, I, yeah. I, I actually, I never even thought about that until you just yeah. mentioned it. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, no, that it, it's worked, um, you know, when I've, each time I've done that. So uh, it's a positive input. Uh, let, as promised, I, we, we, we talked about some of our favorite um, mitochondrial biohacks. Let's share a few. Um, look, when you look at why most people don't feel well today, uh, it's the mitochondria. And I mentioned briefly, you know, the, how many people don't feel well, you know, after getting this virus. And I, I think we're allowed to actually say the virus name now, so I'm not as afraid of saying the word COVID, but um, the, 
fact is, is so many people end up in long haulers, or at least with what they would just say is low energy and brain fog. One of the things for years I've talked about is the cellular danger response, or it's called an integrative stress response. A lot of people don't know this, but we know the mitochondria is where we make ATP or energy, but the mitochondria's second job, and arguably most important job maybe, is its cellular surveillance of stress. When you have a stressor like a virus, one of the things it does is it saves your life, life and it changes how your uh, cells use energy, the mitochondria, and it can turn that down, but some people get stuck in the stress response with mm -hmm. their mitochondria not functioning. Mm -hmm. And I believe melatonin, one of the things it does is it helps break people out of that pattern. But um, also, I think there's some other amazing biohacks, one of which you just introduced me to, um, which is methylene blue. Mm -hmm. um, I bet you most people listening or watching this have never heard of it. What is it? And why would this be something they might want to do to feel better? Well, so I'm equally as impressed with this particular molecule as I am melatonin. And I, I never thought I was going to cross another molecule that impressed me as much. But um, methylene blue, it, it was invented uh, or was discovered in um, the late 1800s. And it was originally used as a dye, right? So they would dye tapestries and clothing and so forth. And then they started using it to dye tissues, right? So that they could look at them under a microscope. And um, what they found was the methylene blue had this ability to be uptake, uh, uptaken by the cell and, and the mitochondria as well, because they could see it you know, under the microscope. So they started to experiment with it in, with biology and they found it that um, it had some really incredible effects, which we can talk about. Um, but one of the first ones that was really applied was its anti-bacterial um, effect and through for malaria, actually. Yeah, so malaria. it became, yeah, it was the first FDA drug ever approved. And that was what it was approved for was malaria. And so um, it kills the parasite that, uh, that carries malaria. And, it, and it's actually, um, there's a lot of research showing that it's a powerful antiviral. Um, a friend of mine ran some research in Mexico um, a year or so ago and was able to show that methylene blue would destroy COVID in like two days, mm -hmm. you know, and he did this with a, a fairly large number of, of people in Mexico and took it to the FDA thinking, hey, you know, they're going to embrace this and this is like, I'm going to change the world. And what they said is they said, well, that's in Mexicans, we need you to do it with Chinese and Korean and Caucasian, and it basically made it impossible for him to be able to do this research being just a, you know, a doctor like you and I with limited resources. So he really just gave up. But the applications for this molecule with today's, you know, issues is monumental. And I, I don't know if it'll ever see the light of day, but yeah. it certainly is in my clinic. Yeah. Um, with regards to there, you know, another really interesting thing is the word magic bullet, right? We've all heard that word, right? And there was a German that coined that term. And what he had in mind was a molecule that would have far reaching and amazing benefits to the human body, but it would leave the body unharmed. And he was actually referring to methylene blue. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we know it's, it's an electron donor. I mean, it just like feeds electrons and I don't want to get into the deep science here, but how you make energy in your mitochondria is an electron transport chain, right? And it's just mm -hmm. like, it feeds it. It just upregulates ATP and another one of our favorite molecules, NAD+, plus, mm -hmm. um, which by the way, you have a suppository and a liposome product for NAD instead of doing the painful IVs or at least the lengthy IVs, meaning you mm -hmm. have to sit there for six hours. So um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that in a second, but the methylene blue, um, there's different deliveries as well. One, which is, is simply oral and suppository. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Actually the, the NAD suppository has methylene blue in it and, and has, um, you know, since its conception as part of what, you yeah. know, you know, my vision of like, uh, the ultimate mitochondria support. Um, but you're absolutely right. So methylene blue, once it gets into the mitochondria, basically is there just donating electrons, allowing your cells to literally make just 
crazy amounts of, of energy. Yeah. And this is what makes methylene blue such a powerful molecule. Um, besides the fact that it's antiviral, antibacterial, antiparasitic, you know, another um, indication that methylene blue was used for and approved for was chronic urinary tract infections. So, you know, have you noticed the color of your urine? Yeah, yeah, it was, well, my, it was like bluish green, actually. So uh -huh. if your urine's yellow, then it's going to kind of tint it to a green color. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. Know. Yeah. And, you know, and that can go on for a day or two after you consume some methylene blue. I mean, we're, we're using some protocols here in the clinic where we're using IVs. And one of the things that is really, um, if, if you really want to maximize your use of methylene blue, you want to use light. So particularly uh, red light in the 660 nanometers. And that really activates methylene blue very beautifully. And so what do I mean by activating it? So methylene blue is considered photobiomodulator. Uh, photo so it's photodynamic, meaning that when you combine light with the methylene blue, it's like a, um, an entourage effect. It's like one plus one instead of equaling two, it equals four, right? You have this exponential uh, benefit. So when we look at light therapy, because I know you're big on like red light panels, and, and so am I. And so we look at the effect of the sun and of, of, of these red light panels and the research that NASA did just showing it can extend life, it can improve your, your cellular energy, it can help a, lot, a variety of different diseases because it works on energizing your cells. Um, that works on one aspect of what's called the cytochrome complex, right? So this is a complex that's designed for us as humans to be able to capture um, light and to turn it into energy. Methylene blue works on all four. Yeah. And so it accentuates the, the light that's coming in, but then it turns on literally all four of these pathways. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing here clinically is we're running at methylene blue as an IV. And then what we're doing is we're activating it with a laser that actually goes in the arm. So it's a, it's like a catheter, right? Right. And then after that, we're putting them in, um, a like a, a small room that has panels all around on the walls. So they're just, you know, they have no clothes on, they're just getting submerged by the red light through their whole body. And then we put them in the, the CVAC pod or we put them in a hyperbaric chamber because once we get that system working, we start to push oxygen in there and it's really magical. Right. So, you know, this is all fine and dandy, but if you can't make it to my clinic, <laughs> then you can do something similar that's, I feel very powerful at home by using a methylene blue suppository mm -hmm. or taking methylene blue um, oral. We're actually, actually I formulated um, a methylene blue nasal spray just recently that we're going to be adding to our um, product line. And then, which, which I could imagine would be fantastic because methylene blue crosses the blood brain barrier. And I've read many uh, animal studies for neurodegenerative conditions. They're doing it for Alzheimer's, dementia with incredible results. I mean, just mm -hmm. uh, it's amazing it hasn't caught on more, I guess is my point. Yeah. You know, the other, so for, did, yeah, for brain, it's amazing. For brain, for heart, for cardiovascular, for mood, it is absolutely stellar. I mean, so when you start getting into, um, you know, beyond the microdose of methylene blue, so, you know, it, dosing wise, you know, if, as long as you're under 10 milligrams per kilogram of body weight, there hasn't really been a lot in the research that says that there's going to be any trouble. Um, one of the main concerns is when you start getting into really high doses is that you, if you're taking SSRIs or MAO inhibitors, then you can get you into a little bit of trouble but it actually acts as a SSRI. So when you start getting into these, you know, three, four, five, you know, to 10 um, milligrams per kilogram of body weight, there's just a tremendous, just, um, you feel happy, you feel grounded, you know, you feel, you know, you feel good. Yeah, it has almost like I, I had that experience. Yeah, I, I had that experience. So what's the name of the products? And uh, we'll make sure that they can get them here. Lumital Blue. Yeah. And so we have a 300 milligram suppository that we're, we really recommend this is more of the oral um, application. And the 60 milligram is what we recommend more for the suppository. Now, the reason that we, we, we created it this way is that we, we don't want people's mouths to turn blue, right? Yeah. 
So we take a fairly um, uh, strong, you know, a 300 milligrams is a pretty strong um, uh, methylene blue dose. And you have it, you cut it into corner, uh, quarters and then you can take, so it's basically um, methylene blue in a suspension inside of the suppository, uh, you know, um, um, oil there, right? The palm oil. And so you just take that chunk and you put it in the back of your throat and you just, you just drink it down. You have to send me more, by the way, because I, 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 so yeah, you better make a note of that. But um, anyways, yeah, no, I okay. <laughs> and then, and then we mentioned a little bit the NAD plus, which you said, you know, you've had that product out for a while, um, which has, um, I'm not sure the dose of 20, 20 milligrams. Okay. Yeah. All right. And that's a suppository. Now you've had a, the NAD oral, is there methylene blue in that product too? Yes. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, and uh, yeah, share the names of those just so people can write it down. NAD Max. Yeah. So that comes in a suppository and a liposomal. Yeah. So one of my favorite products, I would, I would say uh, the same for many people watching this who have used it. So yeah. And then you get the NAD plus the methylene blue and the NAD Max or the, um, the, the methylene blue product, which is the Lumetol blue, which mm -hmm. you uh, can also look for. So Man, John, I, I we gave him more information. This is life changing episode as usual with Dr. Yeah. John. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean we gave him uh, so many biohacks. We're at the top of the hour already. It went so fast. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you 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 do a great interview, Dan, and I, I. You know, you had start this episode, you know, talking about you know our friendship, and I and I just like to say how dear you are to me and your family, and it's just been an honor to have you in my life and to be able to. Uh, you know, um, contribute to the health of your family. Yeah, uh, you, you're a blessing to us, John, as well. And uh, we uh, we love and appreciate you, man. And we love, I, we love coming to Sarasota just to biohack around your clinic, you know, and you've opened that up to us many times. And it's been a blessing to our health and, uh, and more than that, more than health. So thank you, John. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Thank All right. you. I want to give thanks to one of our sponsors, Cyto Defend. Look, in a time like this, I think that our immune system and keeping our immune system up right now is more important than ever. I can also tell you that I pay attention to the things that keep my immune system on par and healthy. So, so glad that Cyto Defend is one of our sponsors here on Cell TV. And it's a product that I use, my family uses, and hopefully you'll check it out. And by the way, you can check it out with the link right here below. If you want to try a free bottle, you can actually get a free bottle. Just pay the shipping. And I think you'll reorder after that. But check it out. If you're listening to this podcast and want to access the amazing CytoDefend product Dr. Pompa just mentioned, please visit freeimmunity.com. Again, that's freeimmunity.com. Well, that's it for this week. The materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you would like to purchase some of the supplements mentioned on this show, please visit the site as seen on chtv.com and use the code CHTV15 for 15% off. Again, that's as seen on chtv.com. Use the code chtv15 for 15% off. And as always, thanks for listening.